0: Hello dear friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. I want to take a moment today to thank all of you that have written us, that have contacted us, and let us know uh, what this broadcast—both our Sunday morning alive and our uh, "Let's Talk About Jesus" Bible study—preaching uh, and teaching are intermingled. I can't really teach without preaching, and <laughs> I can't really preach without teaching. Amen. We're we're celebrating forty-six years and counting that I have been pastor and evangelist working out of the Holy Church of God, incorporated right here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International in good standing since 1974. Hallelujah. God's grace is so evident in, in this ministry and my personal life. The Apostle Paul put it this way, I am whatever I am, whatever he was spiritually determined to be, judged to be, allowed to preach 13, uh, write 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, having been caught up and saw third heaven, (laughs) hallelujah, amen, Uh, all the things that he experienced and all the power and blessing that he had in favor with God, he said, whatever I am, I am by the grace of God. He discovered the sufficiency of grace and he never got away from preaching Jesus and him crucified. He there's a temptation today to get over into some tangent and lose the centerpiece of the gospel which is Jesus and him crucified. That that message saved in the first century, and that's the only message that will save in the 21st century. Lives were transformed when they received that message, and lives will be transformed today through that very same message. The enemy knows the power of the preaching of the cross. You know, the Bible says of that, the preaching of the cross is to them that perish Foolishness, but to we who are saved, it is the power of God unto salvation, to everyone that believeth. Well, we have a message today. I'm, I'm going to use the title of a Chris Tomlin song as the title of our message today, and it's where your love ran red, where your love ran red. We're going to talk about the love of God today, expressed exclusively and vividly not in just the words that he said for God so loved the world but what he did to prove that love and express that love to us how deep the father's love for us we'll only be able to plumb that depth amen if we Go back to and focus on the cross. That's what we do as Christians in Holy Communion. We are, we are focused once again on the cross. If we're going to run with patience the race that is set before us, amen, we have to see Jesus not just egging us on, urging us on, uh, uh, cheering for us to keep running, but suffering and dying for us. We always come to the cross for the inspiration we need, for the stimulation of the first love once again, if we've ever lost it or to gain it, if we've never had it. Amen. Actually, the Scripture says, Lay aside every sin and weight that does so easily beset you, and run with patience the race that is set before you. Amen. Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, and here's where and how we are to look. Consider Him that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against himself. Where did that occur, dear friend? It occurred on the cross. And the devotion and the determination to run with perseverance this race that is set before us, even when we are discouraged and distracted, to regain our focus on him dying for us, stimulates us to keep on keeping on praise god Uh, no greater love can be found than the love that was displayed on the cross you see god's love for you and me is not determined by a warm fuzzy feeling inside for feelings come and go not even by the experience of his presence supernaturally you know the love of god is shed abroad in our heart by the holy spirit and we can feel that love but 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 by the experience of his presence alone is not enough because there are times when you're so emotionally charged by the crisis in your life the the circumstances surrounding that you're distracted and discouraged but rather by the stark reality of the brutal suffering and pain while on the cross. When, when I see myself in my circumstance and I, I feel sorry for myself and I get a, I call it a case of the poor old me's. The focus is not on him who died for me, but, and suffered and died for me, but it's on me and my suffering. It's on me and my pain. And the only way For me to truly deal with me and my pain is to look back to the cross and consider what he suffered in order to save me. And it takes the focus off of that that is discouraging me and that that is weighing me down so I can lay aside every sin and weight. That does so easily, easily defeat me and run with perseverance. Get back in the race today. If you're, if you're not running the race, then you are out of it altogether. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I want to encourage you today in this message where your love ran red. I want to make some opening statements. Jesus didn't just die for us. He suffered and died for us. He took our place. He took our punishment. He became our substitute, our sacrificed lamb. Amen. Our Savior was tortured to death at the cross. In both, so the cross to me is both hideous and beautiful because it expresses love in a way that is hard to look at. Oh, but it is so beautiful in the sense. That God would go to this extent and this extreme in his love for you and me. In fact, the Bible said God commendeth his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. His wounds were both horrible and they were wonderful. I'm going to read some lyrics from Chris Tomlin's song, Where Your Love Ran Red. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood comes flowing down. At the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of you. Where your love ran red and my sin washed white. I owe it all to you. I owe it all to you, Jesus. There's a place where sin and shame are powerless, where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness, where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. At the cross. At the cross. Jesus. Jesus. If you will turn with me for just a little while this day, as we study the Word of God out of what Bible scholars call very accurately, the Gospel in the Old Covenant, Isaiah 53. Just going to read the first five verses. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. This is not talking about Jesus not being a handsome man. This is talking about Jesus on the cross after the brutal beating that he had incurred. Jesus dying for us. Verse 3 said, He's despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. We can read in first peter one twenty four in the New Testament, who his own self bare our sins on his own body with whose stripes we were healed. Amen. This is prophetic of what he would accomplish on the cross in the Old Covenant. And once he was did that on the cross, Peter is looking back to the cross. It's all about the cross. It's all about Christ on the cross. That's why the Apostle Paul said, I don't want to know anything among you but Jesus and Him crucified. Hallelujah. C.S. Lewis wrote, when Christ died, he did not die for societies or states, not for the impersonal masses of humanity, not even for men and women, but for each man and each woman. He continued to say, if we alone were the only created being, he would have done no less Oh, did you get that today? If you were the only person on the planet, and, and you, of course, sinned and come short of the glory of God, and you were in need of a Savior, He would have sent His Son. Jesus would have stayed on that cross for that that horrible six Our ordeal of slowly dying, of blood loss, of pain, of of trauma, of asphyxiation. He was wounded, dear friend, for our transgressions, yours and mine. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are Healed. Hallelujah. Not just healed. It makes, it opens the door for physical healing and and bodily healing. But this is the healing of the deadly wound that sin had had inflicted upon every person on this planet. According to Keel, the, the theologian, there are no stronger expressions to be found in the language to denote a violent and painful death. You see, Christ's suffering and death on the cross reveals in the strongest terms how much God loved you and me. Listen to Romans 6, 5 rather, 6 through 8. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, For scarcely for a righteous man one will die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love to us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I love the Amplified of this particular scripture. It said, while we were yet in weakness, powerless to help ourselves, at the fitting time, Christ died for in behalf of the ungodly. Now it's an extraordinary thing for one to give his life, even for an upright man. Though perhaps for a noble and lovable and generous benefactor, some might even dare to die. But God shows and clearly proves His own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners... Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, that's what Christ means, died for us. What a portrait of the true meaning of grace. The Holy Messiah dying for sinful men. Talk about unmerited favor, grace, or God's riches at Christ's expense. Listen, friend, why did He do it? To demonstrate the power of of His love for you and for me. When we had no strength, no merit, no hope, nothing but offenses to God, He loved us enough to punish His Son in our place. With His stripes, we were healed. And with His stripes, praise God, we are healed. Ephesians Ephesians 2, 4, and 5, listen to it. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us that means given life together with Christ by grace you are saved <laughs> hallelujah dear friend of mine I, I i don't i don't know you i don't know what how 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 much money you have i don't know if you're worth millions of dollars today But I want you to know your true value is not how many material things you possess. I don't know how talented you are, how intelligent you are, what your intelligent quotient is. I I, I don't know how men and women esteem you today. But I'm going to tell you your true value is in nothing that you own. Your true value is in nothing that you have accomplished or are accomplishing. Your true value is not in what other people think of you or how highly they may esteem you or how low they may esteem you. Your true value is found at the foot of the cross and the price that was paid to redeem you. Praise God. I, I like once again the amplified of this scripture. It said, but God so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love which he loved us. Even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, he has made us alive together in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us the very life of Christ himself, the same new life with which he quickened him. For it is by grace his favor and mercy, which you did not deserve, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm going to tell you the gospel. The good news of God's love for fallen man is still changing lives in the 21st century. Listen to the testimony of a, a lady who identifies as a (laughs) Starchild. It says after, and this is her personal testimony. I just want to take time to share it. After years in radical feminism, Wicca, Hare Krishna, leftist politics and affairs with married professors, I bought into New Ageism and then finally began following an Indian guru and converted to Hinduism. I wore a sari, put a red bindi spot on my head, chanted in Sanskrit, and lived in ashram, in an ashram. I nearly killed myself thinking I was a star child with infinite human potential and power to create my own reality. <laughs> and then in big block letters she writes, What a crock! probably crock a potato salad, don't you think? Anyway, moving right along, (laughs) the greatest day of my life came when I discovered I, like everyone else, was a hopeless sinner, unable to do the simplest things to save myself. God loved me just like I was, and Jesus was the prescription. Jesus was the cure. I asked him into my life, and I ask you to do the same. And then she puts in a scripture uh, that she chose to go along with her testimony. John seventeen three. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you hath sent. Praise God. And she signs it simply, her first name, Kathleen. If God can reach down into all of the confusion and all of that deception and save Kathleen, there's not only hope for you and me, amen, who have been caught before we came to Christ in the darkness of deception and sin. For the God of this world has blinded the minds of men. But I'm going to tell you, the God that created this world can cause his light, his revelation, and his realization to shine brighter than the deepest darkness of deception. Another Kathleen, (laughs) Kathleen, and she puts her last name, Kathleen Jones in prison on drug charges, a woman who never knew love who loathed herself and wanted to die, writes, On September twenty third, 1999, I was arrested again, once again in the system, just like all the other times, or so I thought. Little did I know this was a divine appointment. I was here for such a time as this. The last thing I ever imagined was an encounter with the author of Love Himself. On November 16th of that year, God spoke to me through a young lady who came to minister to us through the jail ministry. She took my face in her hands, looked me in the eyes, and said five words to me. She said, Jesus loves you so much. At that moment, I didn't know why, but I believed what I had just heard— I believed in the love of Jesus. She placed her hands on my head and prayed for me. Then she gently whispered in my ear, Kathleen, you are delivered. And at that moment, the empty feeling in the middle of my chest suddenly filled with the love of God. God had given me a new heart full of love for Him. I haven't been the same since that moment. After reading the book of Hosea, "'Oh, friend, the love of God,' she said, "'had for me became real. "'I'm being transformed day by day. "'It does not matter that I'm still here in prison. "'I am free.'" I remember in the prison ministry some years back uh when I was actually the assistant warden came to our church at that time and and he he let me hold a bible study not on Sunday with the guards and you know where people are uh, are 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 really well protected, they took my blood type before they would let me in, but I could go in when I wanted to. And I held a Bible study in the prison system, uh, waiting to go to the state prisons right here and go to court here in Tampa in the stockade. And I remember when they broke all the cell blocks and let me walk down to an empty one. And then they allowed anyone who wanted to come to a bible study people who were bored and even people who had grudges against one another came to that that bible study some just to get out of the 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 cell they were in and, and a couple of guys got into a terrible fight on the first day and they had to actually come in and mop up the blood on the floor. Oh, but on the, after a two or three weeks of Bible study as we preached Christ and taught Christ and Him crucified, amen, out of 32 people uh, came, raised their hands, and said, I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Now, you say, preacher, that's just jailhouse religion. That won't last. I don't have time to tell you uh, everything, but I can tell you a few years later. A guy rode up on a Harley, got off, hey, <laughs> man reached in his saddlebag, and, and I was in, actually getting in my car to go home behind their church and where I parked, and, and he, he came up to me and he said, do you remember this? He opened a Bible that I had signed, uh, and gave to him. <laughs> and I said, yes, sir, I sure do. He said, well, I just want you to know I got out of jail, and I want you to know I'm staying out of jail, and I want you you to know that I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. He shook my hand and hugged my neck. You see, friend, when we cast the net, you get some, you get every kind of fish. <laughs> Amen. And, 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 and this idea that a lot of people are just putting this on, and that is very true, but there are people that the gospel reaches and the gospel touches. It transformed in the first century. It is transforming in the 21st century. Hallelujah. There's no greater message than Jesus and him crucified. When it says go into the highway and hedges and compel them to come in, it doesn't mean to try to twist their arm and get them into the kingdom by coercion. You know what it means? It means to preach the good news of Jesus, his, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Hallelujah. Preaching the cross, Jesus and him crucified has power to transform, power to save. Praise God. Amen. So, friend of mine, I just want you to know, in that prison ministry, I remember after those all those hands went up, and I remember a man who had sat week after week in the prison ministry. He had cold, gray eyes. I don't know what he did. I don't know what was his crime, but it looked like that he was just oblivious to everything. How did I know? You see, man looks on the outward appearance. God Looks upon the heart. And he was at the end of the line. And when he came up for me to sign the Bible that I was handing him. And he said, Preacher, because he put his hand up, I didn't put a lot of stock in it because I saw no Obvious emotion in him. But he put his hand up to receive Jesus, and when he walked forward to receive a Bible and me to sign it, he said, Preacher, I want you to know something. He said, I'm going from here to the state prison at Rayford. I am sentenced to life in prison. And he said, If I never get out of prison, I want you to know for once in my life, I am a free man oh friend when that little scripture in the new covenant says who the son sets free is free indeed (laughs) it does it means spiritual freedom from the slavery of sin and from the consequence of sin this is real freedom you you may be in a prison cell Uh, somehow you may get this message over the internet God this divine appointment of us talking about this testimony together may be touching you directly. On the other hand, you may be in a prison of of addiction, a prison of of substance abuse, a prison, prison of all kinds of sins and thoughts that you can't break free of. A prison of darkness. But I want you to know Jesus is the great emancipator. He's the great deliverer. He's the light that shines in the darkness, praise God, and shatters it. He's the He'll break you out of whatever you are held in today, praise God, amen, there's going to be a jailbreak for somebody in this audience today, Jesus is going to bust you out if you receive him as your savior, because hell can't hold you, Satan can't hold you, the power of darkness can't keep you, amen, hallelujah, when the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ shines unto you, Praise God. And you open the door of your heart to receive Jesus as your Savior. The power of sin and the power of Satan is broken. And God will set you free. Hallelujah. He can't hold you. I'm telling you today. He can't hold you. Amen. I like the testimony that says, It does not matter that I'm still here in prison. I am free. Glory to God. I like First Peter to close with chapter 1 in verse 18 through 20. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was ordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times, underscore this, for you. For you, yes, you, amen. He was slain from the foundation of the world, amen. Man failed, man blew it. Oh, but God had a plan, (laughs) hallelujah, and it's called the plan of salvation, hallelujah. And in the fullness of time, in these last times, Jesus was manifest that he might take our place upon the cross, pay our sin debt in full, hallelujah. Most of us struggle with a negative self-image at the cross, looking up at the grotesque figure Hanging there in agony for six long suffering hours. Paying our ransom. You're worth more than all of the silver, all of the gold. There's no price in the material world that could ever be paid. Like the price that was paid for you and me at the cross. I love that old camp meeting song, don't you? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart just rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I'm happy. (laughs) No matter what happens, I'm happy every single day. You see, dear friend, that's how much God values you and that's how far He was willing to go to save you And to save me. So don't run from God today, dear friend. Run to Him. Repent of your sin. Confess your sin. And receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, your Sovereign and your King. And God will abundantly pardon you and seal you with the Holy Spirit Himself (laughs) until the day of redemption. Dear Christian, today as the world pulls you, presses in, tries to press you into its mold, remember the price that was paid for you, more precious than silver, more costly than gold, and love Jesus back for loving you. Let's keep the faith. His coming is near. Let's draw near to God And be ready when He comes. In Jesus' name.